Welcome to episode 47 of Forging the Journey, where we discuss our joys and struggles of entrepreneurship. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. How you doing, buddy? I'm all right, man. I actually feel like I have some energy, except I slept like crap last night, so that doesn't help. <laughs> but I'm on like cup three of coffee today. There you go. So I'm trucking forward. I put a I put a shot of espresso in my cold brew this morning, so I'm feeling nice. pretty peppy too. Yeah, I, I feel good. I I don't I mean I came out of last week I had a lot of pressure. I just I I felt kind of the load of some of the decisions we're making and we touched on it and the business planning that we're doing right now. And I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse just talking about that all the time. But that's kind of how this goes when you're planning big steps. You're really hammering out details and strategy. But some of that, the reality of what's going on and where we're headed was kind of weighty for me last week. Yeah. So I, I just felt that. I'm sure even if you're not in a business, you go through spells in your life where you're like, you just feel pressure around you. And that's kind of what I came out of last week. But this week, I don't know. I kind of feel a little bit refreshed. Maybe that's because I had a decent weekend and did some stuff that I've been putting off for a while. Yeah. But how about you? How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. We, uh, I had a pretty crazy, stressful and exciting Friday. So, uh, this, this has to do with the century strap. So, uh, I got a restock of, of like a hundred of them. And so I, I was kind of, I started kind of pushing a little bit, maybe Wednesday or Thursday. Hey, there's going to be a restock on Friday. And, um, we also had like about 400 people signed up for the restock notification on the website. So I'm like, we're going to have over 400 people potentially on the website. Um, when this thing restocks. So, um, I had Alex, I had my website guy, uh, uh, pretty much at the ready, uh, and, uh, at noon when it went live. And so he texts me like 15 minutes before he's like, Hey, we've, we've got about a hundred people on the website now hit refresh. And when I hit restock, the website just crashed like fried. Uh, and so, uh, Alex starts scrambling. He basically quadruples the server size to uh, us help with the traffic and um it, it gets back up pretty quick but it's it's just crawling because now we have over 100 people <clears throat> all freaking out and hitting refresh which just <laughs> is the worst thing that you can do um but people don't really realize that and uh and so i start getting flooded with with dms and emails and IG messages, uh, posts on uh, just like I had, I had all this feedback coming from everywhere. And, uh, and so, you know, you know, there's, there's not, there's not a whole lot I could do. Um, like I read about anything besides, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of playing, um, you know, like I'm, oh, what's the word? Like I'm kind of playing control with, I'm trying to answer people as fast as I can, typing on my little phone as fast as I can, trying to reply to people. And fingers Alex, are racing. Yeah, my fingers are burning up. And 
Alex is scrambling, trying to get things back up and running. And um, so it, 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 we also had some issues with, uh, with the like internal inventory of the website. So basically when I put in the stock, it was offset by, uh, by people's carts that they try to fill as well as like, I have a couple pending dealer orders for century straps. So it just, everything imploded. And eventually what we did is we, we, we cleared out everybody's carts. We deleted dealer orders and, uh, and then people were able to start purchasing. And 15 minutes later, uh, of century straps was sold out. So like, it was one of those things, like it was both exciting and, and, uh, and frustrating and stressful and like all these things at the same time. And by midday Friday, I was just mentally, I was done. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I believe that. So, uh, we spent Saturday, uh, packaging and, and shipping all those orders and stuff. But, uh, man, it's just, it's exciting to see another product really take off and I'm excited to see what the future of this product is. Uh, it, I think I equated bringing out a new product to what it's like having a child and I'm sticking with that analogy because now it's one of those things like, Oh man, what's this child going to grow up to be like, you know, <laughs> it sounds so weird, but it's so accurate. Yeah. You know, like what's the future of this product going to be like and what's it going to grow up to be like? And right. Um, I got a few DMS over the weekend from some, from some really big, big hitters in the industry, uh, who, you know, you know who were asking about the century strap and stuff. So it's exciting to just kind of see the, the doors that, that this is opening up. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so now like we're just trying to keep up <clears throat> with like, I'm wondering what, what's the what's the tipping point on this when we start seeing things kind of calm down with it and, and you know how long is it going to take to get there because we've got the holidays coming up like are we going to get caught up with you know with that initial demand by the holidays or not or nah you'll be swamped so because i would love to have some on the shelf for for the holidays yeah yeah, I get that. I I feel like this year is going to be a crazy year as we're getting into the holiday season, and partially because that's our goal. You know, Black Friday, just anywhere from, I would say, middle to end of October through Christmas is just such a great time for us. Typically, we've had a, a good history throughout those months, and so this year we're we're really planning on refining our process and and doing something similar to what I did last year, which kind of blew us out of the water. And we were scrambling for the next, I'd say month and a half just to keep up. So there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of good stuff, but yeah, I saw your store. I think it was a story that your website crashed and inside I was kind of chuckling a little bit because I was like, (laughs) I know you're running around like crazy. (laughs) I can't imagine. We thankfully I haven't had that happen, but we, when we set up the website, we we purchased pretty large servers or server space, I should say. So I'm hoping that that doesn't happen, but I guess it could. I mean, it's a good it's it's awesome it's good. problem to have. It's great because you had so many people looking for those straps, and and I 
I said it to you before, I think the price is right on, on them and there's a lot of value that you're providing people. It fits in with your branding, with the magnets and everything. And I've been using my Sentry strap every day. I don't use it every day, but it's with me every day with my little five inch blackout. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, I see the value in it and it's neat. Yeah. It, it was funny to experience people's reactions. Um, it's just kind of a experiment on, on society because people, people took the stuff personally. It seemed like the responses I was getting from people, people were ticked and, and like, it's just funny how somebody can go from, I love this. Like, I love this and I want this to, I hate you guys. And this sucks. (laughs) It's like, well, what made them say that? Well, just they were all upset about the website crashing. Oh, you know, you know like I, yeah. it, it was it was they're diehard supporters until they can't check out, and then they're ready to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like, it's like, did, did people think that I was, I did this on purpose? Um, it, it was just it was really funny to see, see some people's reactions. Like it went from people, it, it was almost like people were were trying to threaten me because people were like, well, I guess if I can't get one, um, and this is kind of in response to both the website crashing and, or it's selling out like, well, I guess if I can't get one, I'm just going to go make one myself or, um, <laughs> it's just like, it was funny. It's like passive aggression. Yeah. Like, oh, I was I'm like, not, oh. I'm not actually threatening you, but I am threatening, you. but I am threatening. Like, like if you aren't going to sell me one, I'll go make it or something. I'm like, okay. The only time you have to be really scared is when somebody just, their only response is your address. And then you're like, oh, crap. Oh, no. Send them 10. Send them 10 quick. (laughs) Uh, Like, uh, sir, you have just found out you have a $500 store credit. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So forget my address. It was an interesting experience. Yeah, it's it's a weird dynamic trying to take care of people um, because you just really never know who's on the other end of the order or who's on the other end of the screen or, or whatever. And, you know, we'd like to think that we have all level-headed people, but that may not be the case. <laughs> uh, well, I, I learned pretty quick how not level-headed some of these people are because, I mean, there were a couple people that were, like, going off. They were th- th- They were angry. Oh, when the website crashed and then 15 minutes later, after we got everything fixed and running and they were able to purchase one, they reply on the same thread. Hey, I just got, I just got one or two of these. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. It's like (laughs) bipolar. Yeah. (laughs) You were just, you went from excited about the drop to, uh, threats back to, Hey, thank you so much. You guys are awesome. You know, it's almost like they felt like they're, threats or what or what uh fixed everything like no you had nothing to do with this yeah it's that's something i'm constantly reminding myself of is not taking personal the way people interact with me through my business i think people are kind of conditioned to have the department store customer service and they they think that our companies are way bigger than they are you know, so I, I try to separate my emotion from 
from their reactions. But at the same time, sometimes you get a pretty good one. You're like, oh, man. All right, I'm walking away from this. Yeah. Because, yeah, some, sometimes you get a good one where it's like, okay, I can't help but be a millennial right now. I'm super offended. <laughs> but, yeah, it's – I don't know. I could see that, and I could understand the frustration. But the, these are things that we're working through as we're growing our businesses, and it's not going to be perfect. Well, you know, and we, we don't have every system in place for sure. And we learned a lot. I mean, we, I know exactly what to do this week. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that we have set up is, um, you know, we purchase amount of server space to deal with our normal regular flow, but we can, but we, it's, it's pretty fluid. So we can add more server space and they charge by the hour. So it doesn't really cost a whole lot if you just need to boost it for a half a day or something. Um, so we know this week we're going to off the bat quadruple the, the server space and I know what to do with, oh, with the inventory stuff. So, uh, this week I expect everything to go, to go super smooth and dude, I'm going to like hire a million bots just to spam <laughs> your, your website with data. <laughs> Perfect. Data storm you, you know, I had a funny experience. It's kind of a little bit off topic and it makes me chuckle that I can say this is funny because Long story short, I lost two grand and, um, it's, these are those issues that you learn as you're, as you're a business owner. And I feel like I can freely talk about it because I need to laugh at myself or else I'll probably go crazy. So as soon as I say this, you're going to know exactly what happened. Ethan just ordered us a really fancy skid scale for big freight shipments. Mm. Yeah, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. We, we've had ways to weigh these. We've weighed individual products. Well, long story short, we exported a skid that's headed like 20 countries away. I undershot the weight. I think it, either it was a typo in my email or I undershot the weight by about 1,200 pounds. <laughs> so that was a good oops for oops. last week. I came in on Monday and my shipping company was like, by the way, that skid weighed 2,400 pounds. And I was like, what? And then I started doing the math and I was like, oh crap. Yeah, it does. It does weigh that. And I was wow. like, what did I, what did I tell him? And I told him 1400 pounds. So, you know, that was a stupid error that just cost me a lot of money. Got a yeah. nice, nice scale on the way. And it's, yeah, those are those opportunities. Like those are those times where I could, I think the mindset thing comes into play. Like it was stupid of me. I should have been more thorough, but I wear multiple hats and my hands are in so many different things. It was an oversight on my part, but you could sit there and be really pissed at yourself, you know, and say, I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? Or I'm like, okay, this was really dumb. So we're just going to order a nice scale. It's not going to happen again. And and that's the route that we went, but hopefully that if anybody's listening and you've done that, or you haven't done that yet. Hopefully that's a little bit of encouragement because there will be times that you're going to lose yourself some money because of a stupid mistake you're going to make. And obviously we don't want to justify the mistakes. I'm not justifying the error on my part. It was dumb, but you own it. You come up with a solution and you move forward because ultimately as long as my customer's happy, you know, yeah, I'm losing that much on this big order. But if my customer's happy, um, and it's a customer that was very clearly um, communicating with me saying this is their initial order. If they like the products, they're going to be back. So the next round, I'll just get the shipping right. 
Yeah, no, I've done that before. And thankfully my product, like if I double, if, if I half the weight on it, it's not like it's that big of a deal. Cause my product oh, doesn't weigh that much. One. This was a good one. This um, was like, the freight was like 2,800 bucks. Yeah. And uh, it went up to like 48. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been times that I've, I, yeah, I've messed up the, the weight on a shipment by half and it costs more to ship. And I would lot, you know, but I'm not, I'm not going to lose my shirt on the order because of it. Uh, so yeah, the, the bigger and heavier your product is the more you have to worry about that. Yeah. That's the downside of shipping steel. Anytime you have errors like that, or if you forget, uh, we don't often have issues with missing product and shipments, but if you have a missing product and a shipment and we've got to resend it, it just kills margins because everything weighs so much. But these are the things that we're learning as we go. And, and we're constantly, one of the things, I'll give you an example. One of the things we're working through still is our inventory and Ethan's refining all of our inventory items and getting that more streamlined. We just bought more racks to have out in our shipping area. So things are more organized than ever. That skid scale should show up tomorrow and we have a spot for that. So it's, the issues have kind of driven the innovation sometimes. It, our process is refined by the ways we've screwed up, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, or even, not even screwed up, but just as we've analyzed and found the inefficiencies of the process, that's when we're constantly looking at what can we invest in to make this more streamlined, to make it more precise, to make sure we're not missing product. And so we're, we're constantly doing that in the shipping, especially because that's the last time we touch the product before it heads out to the customer. Yeah. So what else you got going I, on this? What else you have going on this week? Well, this week is a week of preparation. We have Jeff, um, our new hire who is starting. Technically he started this week. And he's hitting some of his contacts and, and doing all that stuff. The Right now, it's the 17th of September. I know you, for everybody listening, you're, we're in the past right now. But the 20th, he's flying out. Jeff's going to be here for 10 days. And then we are going to begin rolling out a lot of this new marketing strategy that we've, we've been working on. Uh, there's a lot of refinement happening that week. And yeah, it's, it's going to be a new move for TA targets. And a lot of the stuff that we've been doing is going to remain, but just refining a lot of our mission and how we're perceived and the content we're putting out along with different avenues for sales. And through all of this is plan is finalizing plans for the new website. So it's a much more agile website, something more refined, easier to, to navigate, to capture people's orders so that hopefully our abandoned cart rates go down and our conversion rate goes up. So there's, there's a lot. And that was kind of the weight that I was feeling last week. I was just in my head saying to myself, dude, this is so much like, how are you going to get this done? And ultimately it's not just me. And that's the cool part about adding to our team. We, we have um, one other, actually, Kirby's daughter, Emily, started yesterday. She's part-time helping me with things like following up with 
emails and office oriented things. She's going to be doing a lot of the invoicing and, and the stuff that is kind of reactionary to what I'm doing in sales. It's the back end stuff that I don't necessarily have to have my hand in once I get the order placed. So it's, it's stressful stuff, but it's cool because we're adding to our team. Yeah, it's awesome. And that alone is going to offer the freedom to, to dream and plan and explore where TA targets goes over the next five years. So that's, that's kind of it, man. I, it's a lot of talk. It's, it's a lot of meetings. It's a lot of phone calls. And then the following week is going to start the execution of all of this. Well, I I think just just going off that, I I think, I think think people underestimate um, how big of a step it is to hire and invest in people. Uh, To me, that's a lot more difficult to do than, than purchase equipment. You know, like you have people's lives at stake here and you have, uh, yeah, to me, it's, it's a lot, it, it takes a lot more planning and thoughtfulness for me to, uh, to work with people and, and, and put that investment into people than it is it's a piece of equipment just because you've it's there's there's probably more potential to grow your your business when you bring people in who can do that work and can expand your business and stuff than than what any piece of machinery can do really um Especially on the sales, on the sales and marketing end. For sure. A piece of machinery is not going to market your product. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but, but it's at the same time, there's also potentially a bigger risk there because if this person doesn't follow through or do what you expected them to do, then, um, you know, then that's just, you know, then you have to go through, you know, do you get rid of this person? Do you, keep investing into this person. Um, now I guess kind of the good, good side of it is potentially like it's easier just to let somebody go and get out of that situation than have to deal with trying to sell a piece of equipment and they got a loan to deal with and moving equipment. Yeah. So I guess there, there's pros and cons to both, but I'm excited to see what bringing these people on are going to do to you guys. Um, I mean, you guys essentially doubled your staff. Yeah. Overnight and yeah. And it's a huge risk. That's, yeah. that's huge. And I honestly, and I've said it before, it feels too early in some aspects. You know, as we were talking about it as a team, it just felt like, okay, this is way too early for our company. But then as you look at the logistics of it and the growth potential, I truly believe that within this year, all the positions will be justified. And some of the positions we brought in for sales are commissioned. So the, the risk is lower. And when you're looking into sales like that, that's a great option for a company that it doesn't have the salary to bring on tons of people. Cause I, I think also people think, okay, I'm going to bring on an employee 
And let's just say you bring on someone in your shipping department and you're going to pay them 15 bucks an hour. Well, that hourly rate doesn't stop there for the cost for the business owner. There's so much extra stuff that goes into that employee. And so it's not like you just pay them 15 bucks an hour and then you're good to go. There's a lot more involved in it. And then as you bring full-time people on and they need benefits and insurance and things like that, it's a, a totally different beast. So it's, I don't know. And that's why I'm saying that it's, it feels early, but I'm really excited about the fact that we are adding all of these key people because of the potential that we could reach as a team. Cause now I have, I have multiple people pushing in the same direction. That weight isn't fully on my shoulders. It's a new weight because now I'm going to be communicating with how many different people. So some of my days are just going to be straight up communicating. Um, But at the same time, again, you, you have multiple people taking the load of, okay, we need to sell these products and reach out to new people and market them well instead of just me sitting here behind a screen saying, crap, I can't keep up with newsletters, blog posts, um, Instagram, YouTube, you know, I, I, you just, one person cannot keep up with all of that and grow the business for more than a couple of years. You know, you can sustain that for a period, but I know you've experienced that as well. Yeah. Well, and I might not have um, a bunch of people at my shop doing work for me. But when I think about how many people that I, I really do have working with me and for me in some capacity. Um, I mean, I, I've got the guy that does website and um, SEO and, and all this stuff for me. I've got somebody who does um, dealer networking and, um, and fulfillment stuff for dealers and um i've got my accountant you know like i don't have a full-time accountant here but i do have an accountant that that i I work with pretty frequently and stuff so you know know, when i think about at one point i'm the one that did all of those things and i now have those people to help me so it doesn't even have to be like if you need help with these things, you don't have to have, have to hire somebody on full time. Jump right in and hire. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is, there is, you know, some big, big pros to having somebody there and with you and, and completely dedicated uh, to your cause. But, uh, but you also don't have to, but there's other options there. So um, no, it, it definitely, you know, a, a business is a team sport and if you don't have that team, yeah, like I said, you're, you're going to lose eventually. If your company is growing and you're not looking to expand uh, your, your team, then I mean, even if you don't fail, like I said, I can't say you're going to fail because I know people that that and I have business with one or two people, but, uh, and they have been for a long time and they're successful. But if your goal is to grow your company, then doing it by yourself isn't gonna, right. It's not going to help. And ultimately I look at it as what we've talked about before. 
what are my goals with the company? And one of the goals of owning a business is to at some point experience a level of freedom that I know I wouldn't have gotten doing my other previous career. Whether I take that and use that is two different things, but to be able to set my life up in a little bit of a different way so that, and we've talked about it before, so I don't need to go into tons of that and into tons of detail, but so that I can leave whenever I need to for a family thing, or if I want to go say we're 10 years into the business and I want to take three weeks off and travel so that I can do those things. Um, so the, the only way for me to do that is to invest in people as we're moving forward over the years so that I can use good people to make great uh, processes and then ultimately just oversee. And obviously I'll have critical roles in some of that, but at the same time, I'm not naive enough to think that I'm the best at what I do. I truly believe I could hire people that have a higher skill set than what I do and help grow them into that position and help them see my vision and then execute. So that's honestly, I'm excited for the day that I do have a, a fairly large team. It's also a daunting, it's, it's a daunting task at the same time. I'll tell you what I've, uh, I've especially recently just just come to realize how this for me is is going to vary for each person, but you know how difficult it is to be a manager slash boss, and um, in order to do that job well and to uh, inspire people and challenge people is. Uh, and set expectations and, and hold people to that. I mean, this is all, if, if you're going to have people working for you, that's all stuff that you're going to have to do. And as nice as it would be just to hire somebody on and, and give them a job and just let them go. Uh, that's probably not going to work. No, it's not, it's not going to work that way. Now, if you find that person that, uh, that can just completely, do all that themselves and you, and you don't have to do like any basically management over them. You grab that person and never let them go. <laughs> but, uh, but that's probably not how it's going to work. It's just not human nature. So, you know, just being ready to, and, and just flashing money in front of people isn't always going to help either. Uh, no, they have to see the vision of the company. Yeah. That, that ultimately when I'm, the places I've worked that I've poured my heart into, it's either that I believed in the mission of the company or I believed in the people in the company. And ultimately, if you can, in my opinion, align those things where you're a person that your employees obviously know you want to help nurture them and allow them the space to grow and push them to be better than what um, would be quote unquote average. I, if they see that and then they have the mission of the, the company, they wear the badge, they believe in the ultimate dream of Neomag or TA Targets, I believe we can build insanely solid teams that would move a mountain. Yeah. And I, I know that even just with the people that we've brought on, everyone from um, our shipping guy, our, he, Mark, who manages all of our shipments and stuff, he's been with us for over a year now. Um, and, and he, 
he just kills it in the shipping department and he wears the badge. He, he owns his position. He's innovating. He is always looking for ways to improve, to make his process more efficient. So that, that's just one example. Um, and I think, like you said, when you find the right people, you know, you know, you, you can tell that this is a person that's going to buy into the, the message and help move mountains for this company. Yeah. And as long as you're not a jerk too. Yeah, that's true too. And I think, so have you had to deal with, <clears throat> I don't know if you necessarily have, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Kirby has, but have you had to deal with somebody on your team that, that clearly wasn't seeing the picture and, and I was even thinking about this the other day, just to kind of make this question even more broad. Um, I've not been in this situation yet, but have you worked? It could be an employee, but it could also be like an influencer. It could be somebody who maybe on social media that um, that you don't align with that is that has aligned themselves with your company or anything. Have you had to deal with anything like that yet? Yeah. Absolutely. We had, I'm not going to use any names, but yeah, we had right at the beginning an influencer that we jumped on board with and it was not a good fit and I ended it. And ultimately to me, that wasn't that emotional of a, of an experience because it was a very obvious clash in values. And, you know, we had a contract period, so we had to, nothing was outside of what I would say would, would, um, would break or breach our contract, but it was very obvious that this was obviously not going to work monetarily and it was not a good fit for our culture and the image we're portraying. So we cut it loose. So that's a tough one. I, we haven't had to experience that with anyone on the team at, at TA targets. I mean, we've had issues, you know, we've had, disagreements and quality control issues where accountability had to be handled and somebody ultimately was accountable for it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that as an owner, you're like, Oh, you missed paint on that. You're fired. Get rid of you. That's where it goes back to what you said. Just, just holding people accountable and saying, look, I believe you can do better than that. And what do we need to do? And what do we need to put in place to make sure that we don't have that happen again? But even the conversations like that, that we've had with some of our guys where it's, it was repetitive things and it just wasn't quite sinking in, whether it was welding something together, missing welds or cleanup or something. We've had to deal with that and had uncomfortable conversations where it's like, you know, that's not up to our standard, but it adds a different aspect to me. So telling an influencer, look, you're not following and abiding by what we want you to do or the investment we made in you last year didn't make sense and we're not going to continue doing that this year isn't as tough of a conversation as somebody on your team. Yeah. You know, that that's where I kind of take it personal. Um, because I, I want to take care of people in a way that they won't experience in many other companies. So I take it personal when, 
were having a conversation with somebody and telling them that you didn't meet expectations. You know, I, and what's your goal when you're doing it too? You know, like what's my end goal? My end goal isn't to punish somebody. You know, my, our goal when we've had those issues is we need to keep a standard and you didn't meet that standard. There's obviously things we need to put in place to help you to meet that standard, but we're going to hold you accountable at the same time. If that makes any sense. Oh, for sure. And I think it, uh, I think we have to ask ourselves: um, is the issue that we're having because I didn't do something right? Right. Did, did I not clearly um, explain my expectations? Did I not clearly explain the the vision, my mission statement? which is one thing I, I, I wrote down in my notes here is mission statement. You know, I, that's probably something I need to actually uh, write down and mull over and, and work through to uh, just to work on a clear mission statement for, for my company. And um, just so that when I do work with somebody, when I bring somebody on my team, whether it's internally, whether it's uh, whether it's somebody uh, whether it's like a, uh, advertising or influencer or something like that, I think clearly giving a vision of what your, your mission statement is and, and your expectations is going to help clear up a lot of, of these issues with people. And, um, and, and that's, and that's definitely something that I've, I've realized, um, like over the last year of just because I'm just because I live, breathe, sleep, bleed my company. And I, and I definitely have a very clear vision of where we're at now and where, and where I plan to be. Doesn't mean that, that dusty or, 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 or anybody else I work with is going to um, have that same mindset and, they aren't going to just know those things. I need to not just live it, but I need to explain it right in a way that makes sense. And there's actually something that, that, that I, I thought about doing um, that I've read. Uh, there was some book that I read, like a like an entrepreneur book, and they had they have all their staff take like a personality test. Yeah, we do that. And uh, I don't think I've taken one since probably high school. You should. You should do it with your team. It's awesome. I might do that today, actually. As soon as we're done here, I might print one off and um, and, and do that for myself. But also, let me. Yeah, I'll have to pull out as you're talking. If you have one, send it to me. I'll. What I'll do is I, and we'll talk about it on a podcast. I promise. We'll we'll dive into this topic because I think this can be a whole episode on its own. Yeah but we have one that we use here between TA targets and RLS company. And we used it across the board and it was a pretty powerful tool. So now anybody that we onboard, anybody we hire, literally, even if they're family or close friends before they get hired, they get this test. That's not a test. It's just analyzing where, where does their personality fail? And we've found um, from everybody that has taken it here 
it's probably about 95% accurate and it's super in-depth. So I'd, I'll shoot you over a link and yeah, then we can talk about it. And then it, you should do that. That'd be awesome. And then after you do that, we can kind of reconnect and then talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be cool. You'll like, I found out things about myself that deep down inside, I probably knew, but points that really trigger me and where things, where things land that help me to thrive and where I suffer and, and where I can be super confident and where I'm kind of held back. And then you can actually overlay them with the team and find out where everybody falls. And as an owner, the cool thing is you'll see when your company, when your employee is just kind of quietly resenting you, not that, not that they're really resenting you, but you know, when you're actually pressing buttons without even knowing it, yeah, you know, and when you're doing things well, maybe you don't even realize it, but these personality things help show exactly where you're landing and, and different steps to take to help each other. Yeah, so cool. it, it was neat. It was a neat experience. And we've been doing that over the last two years Nice. since we implemented that. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Send that over and I might, I might, uh, Dusty and Brain are both coming in today. I might three of us sit down and do it all at the same time. Yeah. And it was super easy. It was just, it was probably a hundred questions yeah. for a person and they seem really silly as you're going through it. But then at the end of it, it's like, Holy cow, that's my personality. Well, it's going to help your team to see what, what your personality is like so that they can have a better idea of of who they're dealing with and it's probably heck it's probably even more important for employees to know what their what their boss's personality type is like and um yeah that'd be interesting i'm writing that down as a note so that we don't forget yeah all right i put it down on my notes here but that's this is that journey and this is why I think addicted is probably one of the only words that I can really describe what we're doing because it's not just hitting a sales goal. That's part of this whole thing is growing your business. Obviously you want revenue coming in, but then it's figuring out what do I want from my company? Where do I want to go? What's the dream? What's the vision? And then what I want to do is help change people's lives along the way, starting with our team, getting people on board, treating them well, offering them opportunities, taking care of my family. Uh, you know, I want, I want to do well for my family and set my kids up for a good future. Hopefully. Um, it, it's so much more than just, Hey, I've got this product. I want to sell it. It starts out as that, you know, I've got this cool idea and let's do something with it. But for me, it's, it has evolved into, so much more than let's make cool targets. It's let's change our lives of our people. Let's change the lives of the customers because now we're offering them training devices that are going to help them be better protectors, better defenders, the kind of people we want in public ready to stand up. And if there's a bad person trying to harm innocent people, these are the people we want to arm with the tools and the training so that they can help. You know, it's, it's more than just let's ship 10,000 targets in a year. Yeah. It's part I of definitely, it. it is. And I, 
and I admittedly, I probably spend more time looking at, at numbers than I do looking at, at, at my employees and looking at my, even myself and looking at, you know, I, I probably spend too much time looking at things that that are important, but, but that needs to be more even, um, you know, yeah, no, this is good stuff. I didn't, I didn't expect us to get into this today. And, uh, <laughs> we, just people understand we, we, a lot of times do very little planning. We just like, Hey, let's just get into it and see where this goes. And we usually yeah. find, we usually find some thread to get on. No, I'm, I'm glad we touched on it because these are things that are evolving in my head and uh, I, I don't want to let people down. You know, I don't want to let my team down. I, I want to take really good care of my family. So that's the new pressure that I have is taking this vision and this dream and let's put it into action and, and see what happens. Well, and um, I, I really think one of the best books that, that I've, I've listened to I, I, or read, I think you have too, um, is Extreme Ownership by Leif yeah, Bevin and, and Jocko Willink. And, and like at the core of the book really talks about how if you're the leader, everything that happens, even things that your, your, your staff, like anybody does is on you. Yep. Everything you take complete ownership of the good and, and mostly the bad. Um, well, the bad really is what he talks about. If the, if the person, um, fails at something or, or is not doing something right, ask yourself what, what could you have done and yeah, yeah, how to change that outcome and to help that person better understand, uh, you know, what they did. And so it, 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 in the book, he goes through a lot of, it goes through a lot of examples of that. Um, and, that's really helped me. I think when I first listened to that book, I probably didn't have anybody working with me really. Um, I think Dusty maybe had just started, but uh, I think when I was listening to it, I was, I thought, Oh, you know, it's a nice book. No, it's, it's a good thought. It's something. And honestly, I'll be honest. I, when I was listening to it, I probably thought more about other people that I should send this to and, and, <laughs> and not really thinking about myself, but and if you were alone at the time, ultimately you knew that the buck stopped with you because it was just you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like now that more time's gone by and I, I, I have a couple people working for me and, and, and with me and uh, I, I definitely see more, more value in that book and, and that, and that, and that mindset of, of taking complete ownership um, from other people, uh, from other people's actions that you work, that, that work for you. Uh, yeah, that there, there's a lot of value there. I need to get the, the, the second book. Have you listened to the, to the second? No, the no, no I have not. And I, I saw that it came out and I thought about it for a second and I almost grabbed it. And then it was like, I don't know, I've just got back into life and forgot about it, but I, I really enjoyed that book. I'm glad you brought it up because Remember what it's called? What the second one? Uh, I was just talking about extreme ownership. Um, I the think, Academy of Leadership. 
Right, dichotomy of leadership. So I'm ready to my to my audible. And um, that's where you know we were talking about holding people accountable, and and it's it's a weird reality where I think that our normal knee jerk reaction would be you say someone you've got someone in, in your shipping and packaging department and they forget something. Yes, ultimately they forgot something. But that's where with the extreme ownership mindset, you're asking yourself, did I fail to put a system in place that set them up for this issue, you know, or set them up? Did I, my lack of fill in the blank, help lead them to this point where, okay, now we missed a product. And then ultimately the other end of the leadership is now you're interacting with the customer who has the missed product, you own it. You take care of them. You make sure that, if it was an issue, even if it was little, you don't pass it off on an employee. Like one of the things that I don't ever do when someone has an issue with our products, say something's missed in a box. I don't throw anybody under the rug nope. and say, oh, my guy must have missed that. No, it's, you know, we're, we're sorry we missed that in your shipping. You know, that's not our normal standard. What I'm going to do is take care of it. I'm going to get something entered into the system rest assured it's on the way and you take care of them. You know, it's, yep. it's not complicated, but that's, that's that mindset of owning it, knowing that you're the owner. So it stops with you. Well, I think even more so if, if, if you truly, if you have a team, if you and your employees are a team and you, and you all understand that when something goes wrong, you all take responsibility for it. You know, right. I, I think if you're a leader and you're building other leaders, then that then when something goes wrong, it, and we do this when, uh, you, know, you know, because me, Dusty and Braden all pack and ship orders, just, you know, you know whoever has time that day is going to do it. Um, if we screw up a shipment, um, uh, usually it's it's Dusty that sees it because he's the one who uh, who answers the emails and stuff. He'll bring up an issue, and we all talk about it. Um, you, know, you know, we don't know who. I probably could figure out uh, who actually packed and shipped it, but to me, it doesn't matter who packed and shipped it. If there's a screw up, we all take take something from that. Okay, what can we do to prevent this from happening again? Um, because We've all screwed up shipments and it didn't. I'll just put it out there. I've never screwed up a shipment. <laughs> it's because you don't ship stuff. <laughs> uh, it's actually a joke because of what I started the podcast out with. I, I screwed up shipments. <laughs> and they're costly when I screw them up. Oh, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so anyway, you know, th- there's things that, 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 that we as a team take ownership for and try to learn from. Um, and that's an easy one just because we all do that job but it's going to be it's going to be harder for me to get those guys to take take ownership on you know something that i do that they don't do but um but that's not on them either so yeah it's uh i'm I'm definitely starting to think more about i've skipped over chapters in in books um that, that that really go into uh, you know, team and employee type stuff because at that time it wasn't really 
that wasn't really relevant, but it's stuff that I'm starting to, and I'm extremely small team, but my goal is to grow. So, uh, just, you know, you know, getting ahead of this stuff when, when I'm small is going to be easier than trying to learn this stuff when I'm bigger. Yeah. Cause the communication is just, you know, one of the books I'm working through again right now, and I read through it a while ago is a book called scaling up and it's kind of a dry read. And I say that not, it's not as entertaining as like extreme ownership where they bring in real life examples from combat and you know, extreme ownership is an easy, exciting read. The scaling up is just the guts of what does it take to scale up a company? And shortly into the beginning, or just a little bit into the beginning of the book, they talk about how exponentially more complicated it gets with every employee that you add just to communicate. And you would think, okay, it's, so you have, you go from one employee to two, that's easy. There's two two different channels of communication. You go to three, well, now you've got the owner to the first employee, owner to second, second employee to first employee. You know, you've got this spider web effect that ends up happening. You add four, there's tons, it just compounds. So it's, it's one of those things where you're right, attacking this now at the stages we're at is really the only way to make this effective and make sure we plant this seed as a foundation as we're growing the business. Yep. For sure. Well, I'm excited. I've got some stuff. I've got a lot of other things going through my mind now that, that I want to, I kind of want to rally my troops and have a barbecue and get them all pumped up. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Now I've got this, this urge to, paint half my face blue and sit on a horse and and talk to my team dude i'm gonna buy a battle axe and i'm gonna come in in a kilt <laughs> and get some tribal tattoos yes i'll be like team let's get it <laughs> i feel like everybody would leave <laughs> yeah like, well, what team? they're all gone they're scared not my guys brayden and, and dusty would think it's pretty awesome if i showed up you know, looking like Braveheart. I have this uh, feeling that there's going to be a future funny video. Yeah. And I'm going to hold you accountable to it. Yeah, there might have to be now. There has to be. This is a requirement at this point. In fact, everybody in the podcast, you can message Greg directly over at, at the Neomag and tell him you want him to dress up like Braveheart. I'll supply a pony. Well, I've- I have no idea how, but so I was just thinking. So I, I've got I've got friends that have horses, so I could pull off that part. How funny would it be if like the next? So all right, so I'm already playing out the video in my head, dude. I think it should be a micro pony. Like, so day one, no, even so, be a horse. No, so day one, you know, like for me rallying everybody, like I do the Braveheart thing from a horse. And the next day, Brayden and and them show up like riding like yeah like a mini horse or or a pony or something and <laughs> I, I i think we could make that pretty funny i know somebody that has a mini horse too i think we can make this happen yeah all right man well we should we should wrap this up and i need to get back to my cnc machine it's blinking a green light and i need to feed it feed it feed all right man well everybody listening your homework again for this week 
you made it this far. You had some laughs. You had some good information, hopefully. Make sure you leave a rating and review on you know wherever you're finding this podcast because that's going to help other people find us as well. And if you liked the episode and liked what you heard, make sure you're shooting us a message at forgingthejourney at gmail.com or hitting up any of our Instagram accounts. We did get a couple emails, so thank you guys so much that let us sent emails. It's awesome to hear from you and and hear your story. and um, It definitely definitely spurs us on because I'm not going to lie, we've had a couple moments where we talk and we're like, should we keep doing this? Is this this worth it? When we when we get an email uh, like some of the ones we got it really really kind of amps us up again so yeah thank you yeah that's awesome cool all right well man. let's get back at it all right have a good one all right yep see ya